again to Mindfuck, where we completely scramble your brains, disentangle your issues, so you can get moving forward on your success. If you want to have a transformational experience, go to statusflow.net and apply to be on Mindfuck or check out our Moonshot group coaching program, our one-on-one coaching, or our team engagements. All of them are designed to make the impossible a reality. What is your impossible? Let us know. Today on Mindfuck, we got Mike. Michael, do you prefer Michael or Mike? Uh, I like Michael. My friends call me Michael. Okay, very good. So, Michael, thank you for coming on. What's going on and what can we do for you today? Well, I've never had a formal coach coaching, I I should say. I've had, well, I take that back. I have for um, some real estate endeavors. I hired a coach for that. Uh, Business coach, like a real estate coach, that kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. So, but nothing that ever really focused on maybe me more as an individual business owner um, and performance in that, my my specific business, which is primarily insurance. Great. Okay. So this is going to be a whole, uh, whole different thing for you. My job is to align your entire human system, mind, body, and soul with whatever the goals you want to achieve, the outcomes you want to accomplish. So what would make this most valuable for you today? What would you like to walk away with? Um, That is a very good question. Uh, Maybe just more clarity on the direction I'm going. I know what, I know the direction I want to go in and, you know, maybe just a little more clarity on that and how to, how to get there. Um, Because I feel like, I mean, to be honest, Chris, I feel like that kind of what I've been doing has in the past, it worked for, for that time. But what I, I don't think it's really working now what I'm doing as far as um, for my business. And it it just seems that I'm kind of burnt out on what I'm doing and uh, don't have a lot of energy to put towards it. I'm putting minimal effort into my business right now. Okay. So phoning in a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Cool. All right. So my invitation to you is whatever comes up, go there. Like if something, even if it's something you really don't want to share or don't want broadcast, we can delete that part out. We can scrap the entire podcast. My encouragement to you is to make, take full advantage of this, knowing that I'll shit can the whole thing if we need to. So, okay. uh, so that being said, um, when you say it's not working, you're kind of phoning it in. I mean, I'm hearing there's like a real disconnection yeah. to what you're doing. Now you've been doing this for a while though, right? Um, 18 years. Okay. Yeah. And, so, and how old are you? I am 43. Okay, great. So 43, doing this 18 years. You've checked all the boxes. You got the wife, the kids, the house, the taking the vacations, doing all the things. And you're kind of sitting here now going, is there something else? Is Am I missing something? I mean, is that kind of the... Yeah, it's yeah. It's very cliche the way I'm framing it, but it's it's kind of a typical thing. Yeah, yeah. I feel like... I mean, everybody probably feels like they have a greater purpose, right? And uh, I've been trying to, ex- I've been ex- like exploring that for like the last few years, like what what that is. Like, is it me giving my time to something I believe in as far as volunteering or it, should I focus more energy and, in, in, you know, in, in other business endeavors that I, that I'm kind of toy with right now, which is real estate? Okay. Um, I don't know. It sounds like you're looking for something. It sounds like you're feeling some kind of emptiness. Something is missing. You're looking for it and you don't know what it is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, I was super involved and hyper involved with my business. 
prior to my brother passing and that which was five it was it's going to be five years um since he passed and once he once he passed i kind of just put everything on cruise control and haven't been as as involved or active in the day-to-day or with my employees and i just kind of show up and just let things flow the way they flow and if there's and then i I, i'm not proactive really about anything anymore i just i just let things happen the way they happen yeah and luckily it's been working (laughs) right Mm -hmm. you and your brother were super close huh we were and his passing five years ago really rocked you it did i'd say for a year i was just i wasn't there you know i wasn't i was not i was disconnected for sure all i all i focused on was just the way i felt and i just kind of buried myself in my martial arts really and that kind of got me through it Uh, just being busy is what i did my wife even she called me on it several times you know probably for longer than a year and just said hey look you know i know it's been hard for you but you're just always trying to stay busy with something and it wasn't always so much busy with work right i'm just going to cut to the chase here i don't think you've dealt with his death i don't think you've gone through the grief i think you've been medicating i think you um have been avoiding and i can be wrong look i say these things like they're facts they're not facts it's just what i'm picking up is that you have not fully gone through the grieving process yeah because you you kept yourself busy, you kept yourself distracted, and you went, you know, you found tools of medication. Credit to you for not getting into drugs or alcohol or th- something like that that was really going to, you know, fuck up other things in your life. Sure. Um, but I don't I don't know that you've really dealt with this. Probably not 100%. You know, I read like a few books on it, uh, on how, how to deal with it. and Because, you know, I really value, you know, improving myself i i believe i really deeply believe in that and by reading and podcasting and things of that nature um and and uh yeah maybe not 100 percent. it's probably the truth yeah i don't think i have so what do you need to do here i don't know like i feel like what i was trying to do um and once i kind of woke up from that funk it was like okay like i need to focus less on work and spending more time with the people that I value and that I love, which is my family. And at the time my wife was pregnant with our second daughter. Mm. So basically I I started, you know, committing myself to improving myself as a husband and a father, because I was being pretty selfish for that first year of my second daughter's life and decided, Hey, you know, we need, I want to create like memories and moments for my family that, when I'm gone, they're going to remember, right? That some kind I want to create, and it's not a legacy like fi- financial legacy would is fine and great and dandy and everything, but I want there to be something more than that and deeper than that. And that's what I've been doing. You know, we've been doing things like, uh, you know, I spent this last summer forty days and forty basically forty days and forty nights in an RV across the country, and we're going to wow. do it again this summer. And then prior to that, you know, uh, I spent about. 30 you know, the year before that we did uh 30 days in in, Med- in Medford Oregon which I have a ton of family that lives there so we spent time in the Airbnb there and then um we did that actually twice after he died so like pretty much almost every year since he passed we've been doing things like that and that's kind of what I feel like helps me and gives me time to kind of reflect on my brother and what he meant to me 
and um, um, that, so to speak, I guess, and just. Right. Here's yeah. what you're happening. You are, you're doing all of the things, you're thinking it through in, in very intelligent ways. You know, it's, it's a very mental thing for you. You're doing the strat, you're, you're taking the strategic actions, you know, taking the trips and spending the time with the kids and doing all this stuff. All of it is driven by this undercurrent of fear or sadness, maybe both. With a all of it is a desperate attempt to avoid something, to avoid them feeling a certain way or them not having something or they're like, I don't hear you in a place where you're doing this because you love spending time with your kids so much because it's so rewarding and it's so fulfilling. It's, it sounds to me like it's all coming from fear-based kind of thing, trying to avoid something. Uh -huh. In my own point, I mean, I, I can totally be wrong. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Let's dive down that rabbit hole. <laughs> Well, what do you, when you think about doing these stuff, what comes, what comes up for you? Like you think about spending 40 days and 40 nights with, with the kids, what comes up for you? What do you feel? Uh, just the adventure of it. Um, seeing okay. new places, exploring. Yeah, uh, yeah. And then, I mean, just, just creating those memories, I guess the memories for them of these adventures that we would take. Michael, what do you feel yeah. when I do it? What do you feel when you think about it? What is the feeling that comes up? Like I'm doing it because I have to <laughs> or because uh, it's what's expected of me. I don't know. Give me a feeling word here. Uh, well, I mean, I feel good when I do what be, I feel good about myself when I do those things. When you think about doing this, what yeah. do you feel? Um, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, when I think about doing those things, I mean, I, Yeah, that's a good question. I I don't know. I guess I don't. Right. You're so disconnected, Michael. Mm. Like you're doing the things. You're doing the right things. You're thinking about the things and doing the things. But you're so disconnected from your emotional body here. Yeah. You know, one of my, um, there's a teacher that I follow and met a couple of times and his name is Dr. Robert Holden. And he says, if it seems like there's something missing from your life, it's probably you. Yeah. And you came into this call talking about something. <laughs> and I think that's exactly what's happening with you. Your entire emotional body is offline. Yeah. And I, I think it has to do with your brother. I think you don't want to deal with the pain. I think you haven't dealt with the pain. I think you've put kind of slammed that door. Um, yeah. And for this kind of thing, I mean, honestly, it's, it's like, this is really deep work. Yeah. Um, and I am not a licensed grief counselor or something like that. Um, but I, I really think what's going on here, Michael, is that you, you're going to have to go in there and disentangle this stuff and you're going to have to experience it and you're going to yeah. have to move through it and you're going to have to reconcile it and go through all the stages and all the things. But I, 
I think you shut it down. I think you slammed that door and locked it tight because it is just too much. And, and maybe it was, maybe it was too much, but I, I think the opportunity here is to start giving yourself the dignity of your experience. Now, I would not advise you to open to throw that door wide open and jump into that room. I would say, let's give you like, start to allow yourself to feel a little bit. Yeah. Like allow yourself to feel a little bit of the sadness and acknowledge that that's there. Okay. I'm noticing that there's some sadness there. Right. And let yourself have that experience. Yeah. Cause you, this is not, I mean, I'm just going to put the fear of God into you a little bit here. Sure. Nothing good comes from the staying on the path you're on. Like it's going to, it can have a major effect on your, on your physical health. Yeah. And so I guess my question is what's your level of willingness to go in there and deal with the pain around losing your brother in a way that, um, that is within range for you. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm willing, of course, like what, like psychotherapy or something or what? I mean, there's any number of ways, you know, I mean, there's, there's grief counselors, there's all kinds of trauma and death and, uh, you know, there, there's a lot. Um, what about like, um, like, ex- like uh, psychedelic experiences, is that probably not a good one? <laughs> um all right, let's have that conversation. Um, it it can be incredibly transformative. There are a lot of different psychedelics out there. I mean, you know, there's, there's a as a kid, I did them. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, but recreationally I, and and you know, yeah. something for more medicinal purposes are very different experiences. You know, exactly. you, can, yeah. you can you can do you know like ketamine through like a ketamine therapeutic session, or you can snort ketamine at a party. It's a very different thing. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, so psychedelics can be very effective. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't know if you're there. This is not something that I would, I, I wouldn't recommend it, nor would I dissuade you from it, right? This is yeah. my, my approach. It'll just give you kind of my approach. I sure. like to go with the least invasive process in the beginning, yeah. right? If somebody tells me they have a headache, I'm not going to say, let's perform surgery. Like maybe we just give you a, you know, an ibuprofen or something and see if that <laughs> works before we go digging in your head, right? Yeah. In the same the same way with with uh, psychedelics, I've had you know clients say to me, "What about psychedelics?" And I'm like, "Well, are you meditating?" Like, "Well, no." I'm like, "Okay, well, why don't, why don't we start with meditation before we blast you out onto the other side of the cosmos, right? Because yeah. maybe you don't have to go down that road because it can cause more problems than it solves if you're if you're not right sure. for it." Um, you know, there there are a lot of options out there for that kind of thing. We're seeing you know some pretty impressive results with. Uh, ibogaine in terms of like soldiers with PTSD. Sure. Uh, you know, I mentioned ketamine. We're seeing results there. We're seeing results with things that are non-psychedelics, but like more medical procedures like TMS, transcranial magnetic stimulation for depression, anxiety. Um, but really, Michael, I, I, what did you do after your brother died in terms of dealing with this? Um, I did a little bit of therapy because at the same at the same time this was going on, my dad was going through a nasty divorce from his second wife, who also lost a son uh, a year prior to my dad. 
but she had um, borderline personality disorder and she tried to kill herself a few times. But at the same time, she also, we had to get a restraining order against her because um, she was being very aggressive with my, my pregnant wife at the time. Uh, like as far as like uh, threatening her because of something really crazy because she didn't take enough pictures of her to post on Facebook. Um, well, that is a major life crisis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it got really weird for a while. And then, wow. you know, my wife suggested I should maybe do some therapy and I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? Did that a little bit. I read about it. What's a little um, bit. How much did you do? Reading. I read two different books um, about, um, grief and dealing, dealing with grief. Um, one that was recommended that I read and it, it was kind of interactive, Re, you know, you would read and then you would write. And then at the end you had to write like a letter yeah, uh, saying, saying goodbye, uh, to, you know, the person you lost. Um, how did you experience that exercise? Um, it was good. I still have, have the letter, you know, um, and I, I actually read it not that long ago. Um, you know, and I mean, immediately after it was just obviously I like kind of like slapped and like didn't say anything. And you're right. I just basically closed it. I didn't really, I would talk about it. It was really hard in the beginning and, and very emotional, mm -hmm. um, for like the first few weeks, I guess. And then I just tried to get on with my life and like my normal routine and Right. It wasn't really normal because I wasn't, I mean, I would show up to work, but I wasn't there. And most of the time I was gone from work, just training jujitsu um, every day that I could and or working out or like dealing with like real estate stuff, not like my my core business that actually earns me income. Um, so and that kind of like just, it evolved over time, but, you know, I started getting more involved with the insurance business again you know, maybe a year or more after. Um, I just try to keep my same routine and and just pile stuff on. Right. <laughs> so, I, so I didn't have to think about it. But my wife would, always, like I said, my wife would always call me on it. But to, to answer your question, like, you know, after my therapist kind of fell out of the network, so I stopped seeing her. And then I tried to see some other one during COVID, it was virtual and it was shitty. Um, so I canceled all that. Um, How long yeah, were you happy with the first one? A few months, maybe maybe six months. I don't know. Every week, every other week? How, how often you It was every week, yeah. Yeah, it was every week. But like, I, like her approach to it was, I mean, a lot of them, it wasn't very interactive. It was just listening to me kind of babble about shit and ask how I felt about that. But, you know, I don't know. It was, I don't think it was very effective. It doesn't sound like it. I mean, that was actually my next question was what was the difference? Let me, let me frame that a little differently. How did you experience your life differently coming out of therapy than you did going into it? That it was a waste of time. Okay. So yeah, really nothing, nothing different. Nothing different. So yeah, nothing different to be okay. direct. <laughs> a lot of people you know sometimes somebody in your situation is going to call me up and they're going to be like you know chris i'm burning out i just don't know if i want to do this anymore or whatever i just i don't think this is my thing anymore i've been at it for 18 years and they actually don't know they they think that the symptom is the issue 
sure. you know, symptom here is like, you know, you're kind of phoning it in. You're sort of feeling like maybe that's as defined, you know, it must be burnout because I'm just phoning it in. It just makes sense. But I, you know, that's not at all what's going on here. And I don't think you're going to be able to discover the truth of your experience, like what's really going on until you deal with this. Cause your work might be the best thing ever. Yeah. But you would know it because you're just so in the soup right now. <laughs> yeah. I agree with that. I, I, that statement. Yeah, totally. I mean, what do we have to do to, to get you committed to, I mean, I guess, let me ask the question this way. Are you open to making a commitment to yourself, to your future? A hundred percent. Okay. I, I always am. And I, you know, when I do something, I stick to it and I go through it and finish it. You know, that's just, that's part of my personality. It's in my DNA. I can't help it. My wife says I can't help myself, you know, like <laughs> with certain things, I start something and she's like, oh, well, you know, it's just how you are. You can't help yourself. So, yeah, I mean, I'm fine doing that, you know, and I'm willing to do that. And I want to mm -hmm. not just for myself, but, you know, for the people around me, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that you and your brother were super tight and you're going to play a long game here, Michael. I mean, this yeah. is like like I don't. Obviously, I love to talk about making impossible things happen a lot faster um, and statistically, th this is not a three month deal. And this probably isn't a six month deal. You, you're probably you're you said you were 42. Is that right? 43. 43. Okay. So you're making a commitment to probably your 45 year old self. Yeah. Gotta take a guess. <laughs> I see that. Okay. Yeah. Because that's that's what we're talking about here is. Yeah. You know what? The, this is this is going to be kind of slow going and you got to play the long game and recognize that delaying this only delays the commitment to, to to who you're making the commitment to it can be your 45 year old self we can wait a year and you can make it your 46 year old self we can wait another year make it your 47 year you know but i success loves speed and i tell you if you mobilize quickly on this i i think you'll start to see call it the universe supporting you yeah this is the right thing so um I don't know if it's therapy. I don't know if that's the right thing for you. I actually have somebody. I'm, I'm going to speak to her about you, actually, and see what she thinks um, with yeah. your permission, if that's okay. That's fine. Yeah, of course, 100%. Of course, I'm open to it. Therapist, so, um, yeah. The main, the main thing is what I've come to realize is that I've become, in certain aspects of my life, not all, when it comes to my core business, mm -hmm. lazy. But like when it comes to like my real estate endeavors, I'm a little bit more like, okay, yeah, let's, let's get on that. Let's, let's jump on that. Take the action that I need to move to the next level of that game, which, you know, I've been steady at, but I can't find the motivation to be the leader I once was within my insurance business. And I just, it just, it's like. Well, the real estate thing, okay, so th this could be any number of things. I'll give you a couple of examples. One, sure. maybe the real estate thing is where you need to go and pivot because this is more your jam. And yeah. the thing you've been doing it 18 years, you're kind of over it. Or <laughs> if the underlying grief is there and you kind of feel shitty all the time, like there's like this measurable level of sadness that you're wearing like a shroud and you just sort of navigate your life with this sadness. The real estate thing is providing, because it's new for you, it's providing you some, some dopamine hits. It's giving you some novelty and sure. some ability in your life. 
Mm -hmm. Uh, And so that, that can very easily be confused with, oh, this is, this is what I'm supposed to do with my life. I got to abandon the insurance business, but I don't, I don't think you know that yet. I think it's great that it's providing you some, some novelty and, you know, kind of, yeah. I I mean, I've been doing it a while. It's been since 2000 and um, 11. So, but it's always just kind of been like a, a hobby right right um and, but like i th- like there's no way i could give up the insurance business until like there's some kind of like big um uh deal that happens on the real estate side you know some exit that i take once i sell properties but um until then you know that that might be three or five years away right you know? and even then it's like i still would want the the, the insurance business it's just so e- easy for me because i it's in my blood you know Really, I've been around it since I was a kid and I'm a fifth generation guy. And it's, I've always heard, it's just always been talked about. So it's just kind of, it's always going to be there and it's been good. You know, it's like a good, honest living. (laughs) So, and I feel like I, I'm good at it, but. Well, and there's no reason you couldn't have both, you know, Um, I have a client that I worked with not too long ago. He's got his he's got his firm, he's got his real estate company, he's got his, he's got like four or five, five things going on, right? And he's, he's the conductor of that orchestra, you know, so you could have as many things as you want here. Yeah. But my concern is that you're, you're involving yourself in more things to continue to distract yourself from the thing that you don't want to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it has been that way for, you know, five, five years now, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Um. Because you do, there, there is so much beauty and love and joy and fulfillment that's available to you. Um, and you're, you're going to have to do the work to get there, you know? Yeah, I see that. What can I do for you here now that would be supportive of where you are? What, what do you need? I guess, like you said, maybe, you know, talk to your friend, that recommendation and see what. Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely. They, they think, and then, you know, I can take it from there and mm-hmm. see if it's something that I, I really truly am committed to doing, mm-hmm. you know, cause I've never taken the time to really, even though the therapist I saw supposedly was like a, a grief, right. Death and grief um, specialty. It, <clears throat> It didn't seem like it. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. You know, the, I, I think, and again, this is a personal opinion thing. I, I think the first question out of out of somebody's mouth like that in an engagement like that is, okay, what's the goal here? Right? Like, what are we here to accomplish? I mean, if you're just sitting around talking about your feelings, wallowing in the shit all the time, that's not really going to get you anywhere. It's like, look, where are we going? What are we doing here? Yeah. Um, and if you go in with my intention is to put myself back together and build a life based on love and joy and fulfillment and excitement and connection. Um, so here's what I want to offer you as an exercise to get started. This, this yeah. is not going to be very much a doing thing. This is um, this is all about a noticing thing. Okay. So sure. this is kind of an awareness exercise and, um, and it boils down to, I mean, I would love you to do some meditation or something. When I say meditation, I'm talking about like, you give me four minutes of your morning, five days a week. Like, sure, I can do not that. have to be sitting in, right? But what I what I would like you to do is start to notice your feelings. 
like really start to notice your feelings. Now I'm going to break this down really easy for you. Okay. Because when we talk about feelings and I like to call them experiences, Uh because when I, what I'm about to share with you, you're going to say, shit, Chris, there's only two good feelings. Um, (laughs) There, there are only about seven experiences in the human condition near as I can tell you got mad, sad, glad, fear, shame, guilt, and love. That's about it. Like whatever you're experiencing is going to fall into one of those categories or some combination thereof, right? Mad, sad, glad, fear, shame, guilt, love. And for you to start reconnecting with your emotional body and let it be okay. It's like, wow, I noticed that I'm feeling a little shame. I noticed that I'm feeling a little anger. Um, With anger, there's typically something underneath that. There might be sadness or fear or shame. So yeah, mad, anger, sad, glad, happiness, fear, shame, guilt, and love. Got it. Start noticing, you know, when you, and and notice, here's the other thing, um, notice if you don't have access to it. Like I'm really not having an experience. I'm not feeling anything because that means the door is locked and you're, you know, and say, well, can I crack it open a little bit? What would that look like? How do I, how do I get in there? You know, and this, this is not to manufacture a feeling. I'm not looking for that. I'm not looking to create something. It's sure. a matter of what is happening with me right here, right now. And to allow that to be okay. Give yourself, like, be honest with yourself. Give yourself, like I said earlier, the dignity of your experience. Like, wow, I'm really pissed. I'm feeling really pissed off right now. Yeah. You know, my guess is with your brother, of course, there's a lot of sadness. I'm guessing there's probably some anger in there. Yeah. I want to rage that shit out. You might want to scream at the heavens about how unfair it is. And we've got to get your emotional body reconnected and get you moving forward here. Okay. That's good stuff. Yeah, I do. You know, in the morning, I got to have like this practice. I have like a five minute journal. And then like prior to the journal, I, I meditate. I'm very or at meditating it's not very good you know it, it might be like five or six minutes of it's great quiet quiet and it's hard my mind just always moves because i'm a type personality at like a and so like that's super hard for me to do okay so let me help you with that too okay because for your definition of meditation is probably incorrect um right. meditation is not quieting your mind that's okay. what everybody thinks it is. That's just yeah. not the way the ancestral, you know, human mind works. It's a very noisy place. I guess if you become some kind of ascended master and you can like float in a tree or something like that, uh, you know, you're, you're just not going to quiet your mind because it doesn't work that way. So what it is, it's about noticing the noise. And okay. so you're going to notice what's going on with you. You sit in four minute meditations and you notice all of the thoughts. And ideally, you notice them without engaging in them. And they're going to be random things. Like if if I just do like a quick meditative thing right now, okay, (laughs) the thought that was in my head was the loose screw on my reading glasses. Why? Why was that all of a sudden there? You know, Um, you know, I start noticing like all of a sudden as, as I pay attention to this moment, I can hear the ceiling fan. Yeah. First moment, I've, it's been on all day, but now in this moment is the only time I notice it. Yeah. Now, <laughs> there, you will invariably engage with the thoughts. So what does that look like? It's like, okay, well, I noticed the ceiling fan. Oh, and it's 
it's wiggling too much. I got to make sure that I get up there and I screw that thing down and I, I tighten it up so it doesn't wiggle as much and makes less noise. Okay, well, now I'm engaged with that thought on the on the ceiling fan instead of just noticing it. So there's a great um, kind of a visual that I have for this as an analogy. This is not as a, as, as a visualization exercise. It's simply an analogy. But meditation is like sitting on the side of a river or lake or something and you have this lazy gaze across to the other side, not really looking at anything. And you notice these boats start floating by different sizes, shapes, colors, whatever, going either direction. And as you sit there on, on the shore, you notice the boats. You just don't get on the boat. Well, every boat is a thought. And you watch them come in and watch them go out. Well, I noticed I'm thinking about the car that I drove in high school. Yeah. Why the hell is that in my head? I'll okay, no, no judgment. Just, okay, cool. I notice it. Let that go. And then I notice about, okay, I'm noticing and thinking about the client that, uh, that I have. Okay, great. Now let that go. And, and you do keep repeating this pattern. And every time you notice that you got on the boat, come back to the shore, right? Every time that you notice that you've engaged with a thought, let it go, come back to the shore and start again. And you'll get on another one and another one, but it's not about quieting your mind. It's just not going to work that way. So you cannot, you cannot be good or bad at meditation. You can do it or not do it, but you can't stop it. Yeah. And that would be really helpful for you. So, you know, connecting with your physical body as well. You know, if, uh, if your wife says something or if something happens that there's a, there's a physical sensation within you notice that like, Whoa, yeah. that's an interesting experience. What's going on there. Right. Yeah. No judgment about any of this stuff. Okay. It doesn't, there's nothing wrong with it. It's not, it's all information. Sure. Even if I get super pissed off about something that, that I could judge as immature, like, Oh my God, I'm so lame. Like it's so dumb to get upset about. Well, yeah. it's information. Interesting. I'm upset about something that is really not important. That's <laughs> information. So, gotcha. okay, that helps. Yeah. Notice what you're experiencing. Allow yourself to feel a level of that experience that is within your range. Okay. Right. Yeah. So, because this is going to start to, it's sort of like working out right? Those muscles are going to get stronger. And now you can, now that you're comfortable experiencing, you know, this 2%, now we can move it to 3%. And now we can move it to 4%. We're going to expand that emotional body so that you can finally process what you clearly have not processed yet. Because I think it's just out of range for you, frankly. I think it's too much. Yeah. Like your brother and you had an unusually beautiful sibling relationship. And to have to process through all of that just sounds like it's out of, you know, process through the loss of that is, has been out of range. Yeah. It's just yeah. Now, again, that doesn't make me right. It's just what I think. <laughs> it's what I'm yeah. seeing. It's what I'm, and if, if that's landing in you, like, yeah, I, I think he's right. Then I'm right. Yeah, it is. Okay. It is. All yeah. right. We're going yeah. uh, to get you resources. We're going to get you hooked up. Um, and we will, um, we're going to make that commitment to your 45 year old self so that you can have a beautiful, uh, a beautiful two thirds more of your life, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's I mean, you're going to live to 120 these days anyway. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what all the insurance companies say. Right. <laughs> yeah. All right. What else can we do for you today, Michael? No, I think that's good because like, I think like you, you said, I think be, unless I can get work through what we discussed and I can start feeling more 
like, you know, I should be like, you, know, you asked me about, you know, how do I feel with these experiences with my family and my daughters? Like, I mean, sometimes, yeah, like there'll be a moment like when we're on the trip and we're doing something and all of a sudden I feel just like happy. Right. And I feel like right. these like, like uh, um, goosebumps or something. And I'm like, it's just me and my girls at the dinner table inside the RV and they're all laughing and having fun. And I'm just like, I feel happy. Like, like at that moment, you know, I'm like, yes almost makes me want to cry and I'm just like whoa you know that's so cry pretty. yeah no I, I did yeah I mean I do <laughs> right you know and it's and that's rare for me to do because of, I think the way that I grew up and how emotions were always kind of bottled up and that's oh, yeah. just probably a, a generational thing from my parents and the way they grew up yep. and not talking about it but I my wife and I always talk about how we're not going to continue those generational things that have been passed down from their their parents and we we try not to do that you know even though it's it's very hard for us you know you know it's just it has to be a conscious thing for us to remember not behave that right but it also has to be demonstrated it can't be told you cannot teach through through speaking you you can teach demonstration by you know example is more efficacious than precept right 100 percent. yeah yeah so yeah. give yourself the degree of those experiences. You can, if, if it feels comfortable to share how happy you are or yeah. whatever, um, then great. Let's get you reconnected. So, so your life is really, you don't have that hole anymore. Yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for doing this, Michael. I really appreciate you having this conversation with me. I know it's a vulnerable spot and, and thank you for trusting me. Of course, man. Yeah, 100%. I do. Awesome. All right. If you want to have a transformative experience, go to statusflow.net, check out the Moonshot program, check out the group cohorts, check out the one-on-one engagements. And of course, if you want to be on our podcast right here, apply for that as well. That's all we got. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll catch you next time.